My name is Jay Williams, and I'd like to introduce you all to 52 songs. It's a project I'm doing this year, where every week I write a song, and then I post them to a blog on the interweb, where you can hear the song. songs for you to listen to and I hope to fill your ear bellies up with delicious music and I'll be the first to admit that I may not have the necessary focus to stick with this all year long but I hope I prove myself wrong with 52 songs Cam, musician and comedian Jay Williams answer 100 questions in 5 minutes to win the Manitoba Money Shot. Plus new song, I Can't Sing and Play at the Same Time, on this episode called Jay Williams Shoots on Himself. I can't eat and keep breathing. I can't walk and chew gum. I can't talk with ears open. I can go to where I'm from. But I can't sing and play at the same time. I can't sing and play at the same time. I can't sing and play at the same time. the lyrics while I'm playing knock on the guitar while I sing enemy of the public with the noise I bring cause I can't sing and play at the same time I can't sing and play at the same time I can't sing and play at the same time okay all right enough uh welcome to the show the manitoba money shot podcast my name is ronald george moore and today we have an awesome guest oh my god jay williamez uh you may know him from his brian pallister videos you may have seen him on stage uh, or in Winnipeg, or in uh, some videos on YouTube. He's got a great channel, Jay Williamez. That's William E-Z, uh, Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube. Actually, the SoundCloud is where you'll find the 52 songs that we pretty much start talking about right off the bat. Uh, they're amazing. Go check out those. Get, get, you have three and a half hours. Go check those songs out. They're fucking awesome. Um, at Jay Williamez on Facebook and Twitter if you want to catch up with all his latest shows, including one uh, that's happening, Gentle Fest. Uh, th- this Saturday, he's going to be hosting it. He's got a show, I I believe it's 1130 to midnight uh info at the gentlefolk.com it's off in toulon it's a three-day celebration of the arts and music and yeah the 20th of august jay williamez is hosting 1130 12 uh what else if you enjoyed this episode please tell your friends share it up uh we have facebook we have twitter we have youtube our home base is soundcloud or on itunes or on stitcher apple podcast whatever amazon it's all out there have a great day thanks bye we're rolling, hey! I mean, boo, boo, hiss, hiss. I suck. Jay William is. That's, That's me. the tradition. Yes, as is tradition indeed. That's what you've been asking for almost every time I've seen you on stage or I've seen a video of you live. You're saying, please boo me, please heckle me. It is one of my favorite decisions I ever made. Uh, it's, I was able to do weekly shows for like five or six years at the same place uh, and people would come back every week and it was that alone that made them come back. It was that they got to yell mean shit at me and be part of the show. Cause otherwise like I played the same 12 songs every single time, you know, like we really? would come back and see that again, but they got to be part of the show. Yeah. Uh, and the, the best part for me is when 
some people don't realize that that's my shtick. Like they come in halfway through and they look around all super confused. Right. It's like, cause they, <laughs> exactly. they don't know yeah. that I'm in it. I'm into it. Right. But it's, yeah, it's fantastic. It was that same thing that made me have to stop doing the shows after a while. Even when I knew it was uh, not genuine, even though I knew that people's intentions were good and they were, they were heckling me because they liked me. It's still your, there's a part of your brain that just sees it as negativity. And so I had to just step away for a bit. But right. right. (laughs) I got to say, it feels really weird to do it. Honestly, I think you're an amazing talent. Obviously all your, your YouTube videos, your history with all the songs that you made, the 52 songs, God damn it. Wow. You did a deep dive. That's awesome. (laughs) I I listened to all 52 today. Are you serious? In a row. And I was your least favorite one. Pardon, my least favorite? Your least favorite one, because I have a couple where I'm just like, oh, God, as if I put that out. Uh, my least favorite one is probably uh, the the wedding one, because it's so short. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's like 12 seconds. It sure is, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's an amazing amount of work. And I remember when you were doing it in the time in uh, 2014? It was 2014, yeah. 2014, when you started yeah. doing the 52 songs, uh, in a year. So basically one a week for a full year, brand new well, song. Sort of. So the way I did it was I started out for the first two or three weeks, like religiously putting out a song every week. You know, I was so pumped. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And uh, I have uh, ADHD pretty hard. And so I just sort of like slipped up for a bit. And then it became this thing that I didn't want to even think about. And so I think in the first six months, so the first half of the year, I had maybe like eight, six or eight of the, of the, of the songs right. and it ended up that I put out in the last 45 days of the year, I put out 32 songs wow. with the last song, uh, which was called, I fucking did it, which was about the fact that I actually finished this project. Yes. I fucking did it. I fucking did it. I wrote 52 did an interview on cbc that morning on cbc radio and went home and finished it off and as soon as i hit upload i'm not even kidding i wept for like 20 minutes i just cried uncontrollably it was a great experience and i'll never fucking do that again holy let me turn the question back to you which of the 52 songs is the one you least uh like or the one that maybe perhaps i can't imagine there's one man the ones that I, I did some serious ones and I was unhappy with myself for doing that. I should have done all sort of in the same vein of like the, the sort of cock and ball music. Uh, because <laughs> yeah. the, the serious ones I find like I didn't, if I ever wanted to record them again, I would go to like a, a competent producer and do them right. But I just sort of, it felt like a cop out because some of them were songs I'd written before. Oh, It sort of tainted the project in my mind a little bit. It was, I'd never recorded them or put them out but I had, I had written them previous to that project. And so it sort of felt like a cop-out. And so that's the one thing I would change if I ever went back in time. But like I said, I'm never doing anything like that again. So. Right. And what, what about your favorite? Sort of the ones that stand out for you? Um, there was one, it was an instrumental one actually that ended up being my favorite. It was called uh, Losing the Plot. for it right i did make a video for yeah. it with a uh, good friend damien penner fred penner's son actually uh he's in the video as the gorilla and i'm in my bunny costume oh and 
it just the the way it ended up sounding was so great and it was just a random i uh, i picked a new guitar tuning for the song i wrote about cougars and then i just started, started playing around with it and it was at a time where i was losing my shit like my my mental state was not stable i was like waking up first thing in the morning recording for 10 hours yeah and then eating and drinking and then recording for another five and then doing it all again the next day and so I was losing my grasp on reality. And so that song sort of like didn't bring me back to it, but it was a great expression of how I was feeling at the time. And right. so strangely enough, the one out of the whole year of cock and ball songs, that was the one that didn't have any words and it was my favorite. <laughs> and maybe that's saying something about the words I choose to write. Right. Well, you say you got <laughs> yeah. serious in there, but there are some laugh out loud lyrics in, in, uh, in your songs there. At, you know, the Thank diarrhea you. is a nice theme. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's out. a lot of the a lot of the funny songs. I forget. Did I do the one about hemorrhoids in there or no? Yes. I went to a doctor. At first he just screamed and looked the other way. Then he prescribed me some ointment and told me to apply it where I'd rather not say. The the joke that I intended for the the uh, hemorrhoid one anyway was that like I wanted to write a song about the fact that I didn't want anyone to know I had hemorrhoids. Yeah. And I think that went over really well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're comparing hemorrhoids to like uh, a metal field. And yes. uh, that is, I have to admit, like, so I'm, I'm self-deprecating a lot, but I think that might be my favorite line that I've ever written where it goes, uh, my ass is a magical forest filled to the brim with woodland creatures. All the trees are hemorrhoids. And the woodland creatures are also hemorrhoids. Yes, that's the one, man. <laughs> it's like weird false dichotomy for no reason. Yeah, that's the one. Where I, you know, I was just laughing. I was like, in my truck, just listening to my truck, and I was like, "You're killing me." <laughs> right <laughs> so, on. Great. Hey, another question in regards to the fifty-two. I was wondering, one of the songs is uh, "Fat Naked Girl." Naked fat girl. Naked fat girl. Why do you leave the blinds open on the window to your basement? Is that true? That's a hundred percent true. Uh, and I feel like this is a song that maybe didn't age super well, but like I, it never, it was never meant to be offensive or, or hurtful. Mm -hmm. um, but so I was like, I don't know how to finish this song. I need some inspiration. And so, and this, like, it just like, it was, it was perfect timing. I walked over to her apartment to just see if I could get some inspiration by looking in the window. And in, on that day of all days, I looked and she was lying there naked on the bed and then she poked up her head and it was totally a dude with a full beard and it had been a dude this whole time and I just had no idea. Yeah, it was fantastic, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. The universe sent me this little gift and I was like, thank you, I'll put in the song for sure. Exactly, uh, the other one I wanna know if it's true or not, and it's a different take because you're not singing in this one, it's more of a monologue. I almost feel like you have a little Bruce McCullough-ish. Uh, the one oh, that's uh, like the best thing you possibly could have said. Thank you. Well, yeah, well, he's you know he's Canadian legend. I yeah, but, but he's uh, a, one of my heroes. Like he's fantastic. Yeah, I forget the title, but it's the one where you're. Oh, the bus 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 stop blues. No, bus. oh yeah, yeah, yes, uh, one hundred percent true. <laughs> no, so way. yeah, yeah. Like I can tell the story if you want. It's yeah, like please it's do. Awesome. Yes, yeah, but, um, so. I'm waiting for a bus uh, in the middle of February, in the middle of like a Winnipeg, classic Winnipeg cold snap. And so everything hurts. I'm I'm like in a good mood for some reason though. And so I'm just yeah. like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care that it's so cold outside. I am going to be friendly. I'm gonna spread some cheer today. And so I get on the bus and I sit down, I'm smiling at everyone I get the chance to. And this lady gets on the bus and she's got a baby that's covered in all of these wonderfully comfortable and plush looking blankets. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? She looks like she could use a smile. And so I'm like, wow, I'm so jealous. I wish my mom carried me around like that. And she stops in the middle of the aisle and she's like, fuck you asshole. And then she walks to the back and I had no idea what had just happened. I was like, uh, is there like, did I, did I say something like inappropriate? Like what's going on? She and everyone in the bus is yeah. staring at me, right? Like everyone's looking at me like, what did he say? And right. so as I'm, as I'm looking back, I realize that I, something I hadn't realized, she was breastfeeding. And so if we go back and revisit my comment, which now seems super inappropriate, wow, I wish my mom would carry me around like that, right? And so she yeah. had every reason she should have hit me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, boom, that's a song. 
Yeah, I, you know, it wasn't going to be a song until I was like, hey, that's a good story. Why not, you know? And you, and you talk about Winnipeg, of course. Fuck, I hate winter in Winnipeg. What kind of idiot would build a city here? Fuck, I hate winter in Winnipeg. I'll never understand those fucking pioneers. Fluffy Burrito, yeah, which uh, I'm very excited to tell you that I'm going to be re-recording that one with uh, my good friend Rusty, who is like actually very musically talented as opposed to me. Oh, yeah. Friend funny. of the show, Rusty Mattias. Yeah, Rusty Robot. Oh, yeah, he's like one of my favorites of all time. Oh, yeah. um, he, uh, we have this sort of deal where I do videos for him and he produces songs for me, which is like the best deal for me because he's super talented. And like we, when we get together, we just have like a lot of great ideas without really worrying about how it'll how it'll turn out or it just it's pure creativity and and it's really working for both of us i think it's awesome but so that that song i'm going to do i'm going to re-record it and do a video next year because i feel like everyone in winnipeg can relate to uh the the chorus is fuck i hate winter in winnipeg and i feel like that's not a sentiment that i have alone oh yeah absolutely yeah all winnipeggers have a love hate with the the Mm, absolutely even the ones that move yeah yeah exactly Yeah, uh, you know, speaking of Winnipeg and speaking of Manitoba, um, the whole idea of the show is to get to know your roots, where you're from, and mm-hmm. are you from Manitoba? Born and raised in Winnipeg, yeah. Born and uh, raised in Winnipeg, awesome. What hospital were you born? Uh, I was born in Grace Hospital, uh, and I'm adopted, and I've never met my birth parents. Oh. And so every time I'm driving by there, I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're around here somewhere, you know, but... Yeah, it's uh, the who are or who the people are who like had sex to make me has never been uh, a really important thing for me, though, It's because my parents raised me like my real parents that raised me. Right. Um, and so I don't really give a shit who humped to make me. That's that's there's never really been, that. you know, there's so no. many Internet sites where you can like try to search and that kind of. Well, stuff. OK, so here's a fun story. Uh, when I was 18, unbeknownst to me, my mom put my name in for one of those programs where if you put your name in as the adopted child and your birth parents put their name in too, then they hook you up. Right. So uh, I got a phone call. And like I said, my mom hadn't told me that she had done this. She just sort of did it. And so I got a phone call and I was very surprised by this. And they said, uh, hi, is this Jeremy? And I said, yeah. And they said, were you adopted born at Grace Hospital? And I said, yep, that's me. Who is this? This is weird. And they said, uh, this is the agency that does the linking up of adopted people. We have some information about your birth parents if you're interested. And I said, oh, sure. Like, it's not, I don't care that much, but I'm, why not? You know, like you're, you made the effort to call, why not? Sure. Right. And so they said, okay, so your birth mom is dead and your birth father lives in Brandon and you have a half brother and a half sister. Would you be interested in meeting them? Oh. And I was like, well, first of all, that was a pretty like blunt way to tell me about the death of, uh, the lady that owned the vagina I came yeah, out of. Yeah, almost passed um, over, you know? Right? And so and so I said, yeah, sure, I guess, like, I, why not? You know, at this point, it would be weird for me to say no. And so they said, okay, we'll call you after the weekend to set something up. And so the we- I had the weekend to sort of ruminate on the death of my birth mom and stuff. And then the weekend uh, or the Monday comes and I get a phone call from the from the same people. I remember my, my parents had just gotten a phone that had call display on it. And so I knew it was them calling. And I was like, oh, they're calling back. And so they said, yeah, is this Jeremy? And I said, yeah, it's me. I, I know it's you too. I've got call display now. And uh, and they said, yeah, so we had talked about setting up a, a, a meeting with your birth dad and, and uh, siblings. And I said, yeah, so when can we do this? And they said, yeah, sorry, we had the wrong guy. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. No way. Yeah. And so if I had been the kind of person who gave a shit about that stuff, it would have destroyed me. But luckily I didn't. And so I was just like, wow, you suck at your job. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Well, you took <laughs> it. That's kind of head fuck that must have yeah, been. Yeah, it sort of was. Yeah. Shit. But yeah, so to answer, to answer your, your previous question, I was born in Manitoba, raised here. And uh, I love, 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 love Winnipeg and Manitoba both. Even though you're also right that there is a love-hate relationship. Uh, but I just, I feel very strongly about wanting to protect uh both Winnipeg and Manitoba in any way I can. Yeah. I always, I'm always quick to defend it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. And then at the same time, like Shit I'll defend on. it to outsiders, but then I'll just trash it to my friends and we all have a great time doing that. Exactly. You know, it's great. 
What part of the city were you raised in? Like I was raised in Old Saint Vitale, and uh, oh, that's like just juniors. <laughs> yeah, like pretty much right by. I was on Kingston Road, and so like juniors was our Friday night burger spot. It was great. Yeah, pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. So what other places were you hanging out when you were a young lad? Were you doing sports? Were you I did sports. I did sports uh, until I did. I played hockey, baseball. I was pretty good at hockey. I was a goalie, which was awesome because even as a kid, I was pretty weird. But why were you weird as a kid? What were you doing? Oh, I don't know. I was just like a weird dude. Like, you know, as a goalie, I would do stuff like I would write cow or pig on my goalie stick in tape. Just yeah. to like mess with people if they're on a breakaway and they're like, what the fuck is that? You know, like yeah. they would throw them off. Yeah. Um, but I found that as a goalie, I was able to be, I was allowed to be weird. Whereas like in, in a lot of sports, there's like forced conformity and stuff. And I wouldn't, right. if I had been a, a forward or a defenseman, I don't think they would have given me the same license to be weird. But as a goalie and a good goalie, I was like, awesome. Uh, they were just like, whatever, he's weird, but he stops the puck. It's fine, you know? Yeah, let him do what he wants. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was really cool. Yeah. Wow. So I, played, I played sports, uh, lots of sports. I Never basketball, but all the other ones. Uh, and then until I was about 16, 17, you know, when I got into music and drugs and stuff. And then I was like, hey, maybe I'm not into sports anymore. This stuff's cooler. Were you into <laughs> like comic books or were you like? Not really. I was into, when I was really little, and this is weird. When I was really little, before I started playing hockey, I was really into illustrating. And so my favorite thing to draw was goalies, right? And so I was like, oh, yeah. Like, cool. It was like this thing that I fantasized about doing. And then the day I became a goalie, I stopped drawing them, which I found really strange. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I didn't need to anymore. Oh, exactly. I didn't need to vicariously live through my drawings. I was the goalie then, right? And so, yeah. So, but at some point, you know, music grabbed a hold of you. Like it did, yeah. So were you taking lessons? No, uh, no. No lessons. My parents loved my parents to death, but they both told me that I was tone deaf and I should stay away from music when I was growing up. Whoa. And so I just sort of got into it by myself against their wishes and uh and then went with it because it was fun, you know. I didn't I never cared about being good. I just cared about having fun and and then eventually I cared about putting on a fun, entertaining show, which has always been one of the, one of the best parts for me about performing is just the live, like the live engaging people in the, in the show. Yeah. Yeah. And what, did they influence what you were listening to or what you liked as far My parents, as music? No. Yeah. Oh no. They were like, I mean, I guess in later years I've gotten back into Neil Diamond a little bit, but they were like, they had like ABBA and Neil Diamond and some Gordon Lightfoot, which Bone is great. Yeah, Boney M, big time. Oh my God. They had the Christmas album where they're <laughs> yeah, all, my like, parents had that. you know what I mean? Where they're like hanging on that weird like disco ball. And yes. like, yeah, it, yeah, very, very, Night very. Flight to Venus. I, I can hear the songs over yeah, and over. Totally. They had like three albums and that was one yeah, of them. It's so funny. How did you learn about the music that you enjoy currently? Or uh, It was sort of trial and error and through friends. Uh, I I remember I got into when I was like, early early to mid teens i started getting into grunge and realized like oh there's music other than the stuff my parents listen to and i actually really like this stuff and so like you know pearl jam nirvana soundgarden that stuff was like my gateway drug into music and it, it didn't grunge stop alternative scene would that Absolutely. would it also would you have said that scene also turned you in onto guitar was that your first instrument you yes it was yeah it's uh and even uh actually even like uh, metallica the old stuff i remember oh. uh trying to figure out uh, riffs on my mom's old classical nylon string guitar. And then. Oh, your mom I, uh, played. That's cool. She not much though. She did a little bit, but just like she happened to have a guitar was more and more of the thing. Mm -hmm. She didn't like sit down and teach me or anything. When you're in your uh, junior high, high school, are you taking band? No, I always, even in school, I always took art. Uh, I'm uh, no, just, just art. art, like just art class. Yeah. There was, there was no, there's no drama at my school, I don't think. What school? I went to Jean Sauvé College, Jean Sauvé. Uh, and then in the 12th grade, because I wanted to go to the U of M, and I, I for some reason I thought I was going to take science in university. Mm -hmm. uh, for the 12th grade, I switched to Vincent Massey to take science in English, so I wouldn't be as far behind as I would had I taken it all in French. I see, okay. Wow. Mm. Okay. And then after like a month, I realized I didn't want to do science in university. And so I switched to philosophy, which was the best. Oh, it was awesome. 
U of M. Okay. Yeah. But but even at university, you're still not. You're not studying music. You're not taking. I never. I am a hundred percent self-taught musically. Can you just pick up a guitar and go to an open mic oh, yeah. bar and just? Do well, music? I mean, like to to some extent, I've I've definitely had times where, and this is where my lack of of training really shines. Uh, I've had times where. Uh, I'll sit down and, and start jamming with people who are playing something that I don't quite have my head wrapped around completely. And they'll sort of give me a look where they're just like, yeah, you're playing a minor, but this is major. Oh, yeah. So, so it's not, I'm not like, it's not effortless. I have to sort of like pluck away at it a little bit, but for the most part, yes, I can. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then like, so by university, what kind of influences are, are you getting into? I got into, I think my tastes got a little heavier um, like my favorite band of all time will always be Tool. I just, they're, they're so complex and their music is beautiful, but yep. angry and vicious at the same time. Just love it. Um, but I got into, I guess after high school, I got into like electronic music a little bit and it spread out here and there. Um, at, at U of M, did you complete your, uh, philosophy you said you were taking? Yes. Philosophy? Yeah. So I have an honors philosophy degree. Um, and I, uh, I was going to go on and uh, do a PhD and, and be a professor. And I was, uh, I was doing my master's, which I did not complete. And I'd like to blame ADHD, but it's probably just that I was lazy. Um, but I realized I was, uh, I was teaching a medical ethics seminar to first year med students. Holy shit. Uh, or rather, I was like facilitating this little seminar or whatever. I was the, I was the philosophy guy to help them with the, the ethics questions. Right. Uh, and I realized on my way to campus that I was planning all of the jokes I was going to tell in the seminar and not thinking about the content that I was going to teach. And I realized like, oh, I should be doing comedy. I should not be doing this. And so I, right. uh, I stopped. Yeah, You're treating it like it's a it. comedy club. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that was like, wild. like, you could tell what my priorities were, right? I was like, okay, what's the funny thing to say about this? You know, and it's like, right. what am I doing? Yeah. And so, so I... Uh, then what came first, the idea of standing in front of people and doing jokes or standing in front of people and, and playing guitar and singing? It was, uh, I was in bands for years before I started doing the, the comedy right. thing. Give me some band um, names. What were these band names? So my first band was called, uh, oh God, Oafmeal, I guess. Or no, the Sea Monkey Farmers was the first one. But these are all, these are all like the shitty little bands that you play one show and then you move on. But so right. the first band that I ever played with for any length of time is called Peel. And we were, we were pretty, we were, we had a decent following in the sort of like underage. Uh, we played at Aussies downstairs at the old zoo all the time. Cause they had nice. like an all ages, uh, all ages venue there. And that was awesome. We had, uh, I got like recognized at the mall from being in that band, you know, it was really super, pretty cool. Yeah, oh yeah. Like St. Patel mall still, but you know, like, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, new St. Patel. It's not old. It's outside. Yeah, there. no, exactly. Exactly. My realm. Uh, and then from there, um, had, there was one called Logan and then I moved on to, I was in a band called the Velvet Pill. Throughout all these bands, I wasn't the singer, I was the guitar player. Okay. And when we were in the Velvet Pill, we sort of had a we we sort of had a, a, a split with our with our singer, and we were looking for a new singer. And I realized like I love putting on a good show. And I was always the one, even when I wasn't the singer, who would speak between songs at, at shows and stuff and be like, hey, like, you know, like entertain the crowd. And so I was like, why don't I try to be the singer? And it was around that same time that uh, it was for one Christmas, I made an album for my friends that I never intended for anyone to hear. Like it was just dirty songs about each one of my friends. Really? Gross, gross songs. Um, (laughs) And uh, like one of them was called Love Song for Craig, which is actually on my first album. Well, I can't touch a little kid's bum without thinking of you. Every time I rape a dog, I know that it's true. That you're the one for me, and I hope to sweet God that I'm the one for you. But if it turns out that I'm not, well then I'll come to your house and I'll cut you with my knife. Yeah, I'll cut you. 
talks about like skull fucking dead bodies and stuff but oh it's very God. pretty and so <laughs> yeah and like, it's all very tongue-in-cheek but so i didn't intend for anyone to hear these and i gave a copy to each of my friends and they sort of spread it around a little bit and they were like dude you have to play a show like our friends love this and so i yeah. was like uh, i don't know if i can say that stuff in public and then flash forward 25 years and here we are you know so that's where you start performing solo, performing these songs that you wrote for your friends. Yes, absolutely. And you're going under Jay Williamez at this point, yeah. or was yeah. yeah, it was Jay Williamez? Yeah, I think 2006 is when I finally decided to put out a studio album that I called Jay Williamez Greatest Hits Debut. Oh, chlamydia! Wish I was Rydia. Gonorrhea! It always sucks to see ya. Genital warts, get out of my shorts, or I'm never having intercourse again. I never intended for it to be like my number one fan favorite. It was more just like a way to deal with the fact that I found out I had chlamydia. Um, oh, it's true. Uh, oh, it is true. That's 100% true. Yeah. I found out I had chlamydia. And I, I just sort of wrote it as a way to make fun of myself for finding out that I had chlamydia. Right. And it wasn't, I didn't even intend for it to be a sing-along, but I had these regular fans who came to my shows all the time at, uh, I played every week at Shannon's and they just sort of started singing along. And then how did Velvet Pill end? The Velvet Pill just ended because we split with our singer. And then the rest of us actually went on to make a band called The Civil Disobedience that I was the lead singer for. The building. Airship, the biggest thing the sky has seen. What better way for you and I to start our lives together? But can we afford to? You ask as you bite your bottom lip. Can we afford to miss such chance like this? Is my reply will make this something to remember. Are you still officially a band? No, no. We stopped being a band, uh, oh, like I want to say like four or five years ago. But we had this amazing uh, farewell show where, where was we did it? it at the Goodwill. Oh, uh, Goodwill. Okay. At the Goodwill. And it was like packed to the tits. And it was just like the best experience. It was so much fun. And we decided that we never did encores because encores are stupid. Uh, encores are just like, <laughs> oh, oh, we're sneaky and we're going to pretend to be done. And then you're going to clap and we'll be like, okay, we'll do one more. It's so pretentious. It's but how do, you, how do you tell an audience that? You're like, just go. Well, you, you're, they're so waiting for you to come me, back. What I would always do is I would come out and be like, encores are stupid. Goodbye. You know, and people would be mad, but they would leave. But so at this show, we decided we were going to do an encore, but we were going to do Careless Whisper. And so our other our other guitar player Johnny brought out his saxophone. And he's like, yeah. And so we're we're all just like playing along, and I had this acoustic, and then I just smashed the shit out of it on the ground, and we walked away, and that was it. It was so great. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. Awesome. I haven't been to a lot of bomber games, but I was at one. I went to like two in the last decade, or they have the new stadium or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the banjo. Uh, Weekend, oh nice or whatever yeah. that is mm-hmm. and holy shit i'm like there's jay william as and yeah. brahms yeah jeff uh, brahms, with the yeah. song on the huge lcd thing and i was like what the hell how did that come about so i used to work at shaw tv as like i was essentially like the cat fashion show reporter where i would do like just the dumbest stories uh whether it be like a fun run or like cat fashion shows the best the best <laughs> example you know and so uh, but I, uh, one of the reporters there who did like more serious stuff, uh, her name was Kim Babbage. She also did this thing that she called the fabulous blue bomber show, which was just like a weekly like segment where she would talk to the bombers and they would 
do hot yoga or something yeah. like that. This is community access. I this is community, like yeah. the most community access that it doesn't get more community than that. Right. <laughs> sure. And so, and she asked me if I would be willing to do a couple songs for the show and uh, Jeff Bromley, the guy that raps on it. And I, uh, we were like, Hey, we should do a banjo bowl song. I think that'd be really funny. So you and, knew him before the song you, you were aware of. Him. Oh yeah, totally. We were, he, he was, sorry. He was a, uh, he was a, a videographer there. Oh, okay. And I was a reporter and videographer. I did both. And, uh, and so we, I essentially wrote the song and then sent it to him for the rap part or whatever. And then we did the video. Uh, but the funny thing about that one was that we had a, I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. Uh, like I said, like I've told you, I have like uh, ADHD pretty bad. And so I like, am, I'm a great ideas guy, but like actually following through for the most part. You move on to keep moving on to the next one. Historically, it's been difficult for me. And so with this one, I realized the week of like, oh, it's got to be, it's got to be done. This was on like a Monday, maybe. And I was like, it has to be done by Wednesday or it's not getting done. Yeah. And so, and I didn't even have the, the song recorded or anything. And so that night I just like spent 12 hours doing the song, oh sent God. it to Jeff. He, he sent me the, the rap part. And then the next day we went straight out and shot the video. And then I edited it that night. And so I think it was like maybe 48 hours from Holy the time shit, there was none of it incredible. until the time it was online. Yeah, it was yeah. great. just took off and uh uh and they i think maybe they gave me free tickets one year but they never paid me to to play at the bomber stadium but i was fine with that it's it was it was fun <laughs> to live you've never played live there never oh god no no the point of the song was oh hey look those guys are the the people from saskatchewan are such hicks but like <laughs> So are we. We're exactly the same. Yes. It's like Springfield and Shelbyville. It's the most ridiculous rivalry. Yeah, and but we're blue. Oh, and we're blue and they're green. That's yeah. different. But the irony for me was that so many people didn't understand that. And we're like, when their reactions online would be like, yeah, bombers. Or like, oh, yeah, you think you think we're inbred. But what about you guys? And I'm just like, that's literally the point I was trying to make. But right, like, right. It was fun to do. You know, obviously, we got to talk about Brian uh, Pallister here. Oh, man. I'm, I'm so ecstatic that he recently announced he's, he is retiring, he's stepping down. I honestly haven't been able to really write about anything else for the past two years. Yes. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Waking up one day and realizing my creative muse is a gross old man that I loathe, you know, like it's been disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, yeah. but the, the really funny thing is that the, it was yesterday that, uh, I don't know when you're listening to this out there, but, uh, yeah, it was on yesterday, uh, the 10th of August, right? It was on the 10th of August that I finished my most recent song called Brian, please resign. I finished it in the morning. I was like, yeah, in my morning, which is like early afternoon. I was like, yes, yes, awesome. I put out this thing on Facebook. Hey, everyone, I'm going to be making another video. Who wants to help? And then all of a sudden, these notifications start coming in. Brian Pallister is, has announced that he's resigning, which at first I was like, wow, this is the best bad news I've ever had because <laughs> it's sort of wrecks my song. Uh, but since then, I've retooled it, and it's like a hundred times better now. Awesome. And so it will be my final goodbye to Brian Pallister. And I'm so fucking pumped to be able to say that it'll be my last one. Cause you put in, it's been quite a ride, not only with the, the music videos on your YouTube channel, mm. but of course your long letters to yeah. Brian Pallister well, that, asking for started. a job. <laughs> yeah, totally. So that, that's how it started. I started just like, 
writing letters, uh, not ever expecting a response because like the letters were super ironic. I would say stuff like, dear Brian, like you, I hate poor people and I don't even think they're people, you know? And like, yes. and I would like, I would like espouse these insane points of view and say that I agreed with him that poor people don't count and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I didn't expect a response and I certainly never got one. Uh, but I started posting them on social media and people just love them. And uh, after a while, I was like, you know what, why don't I, why don't I do, I really enjoy writing these things, but why don't I mix music into the, get music involved in the mix and like put out some videos for songs that I write about them. And yeah. they took off. They did really well. Like people, people really seemed to like them and responded really well. And so let me, uh, let me name a title of one of the videos sure. and just give me, you know, just maybe a little insight, uh, a brief insight yeah. to each one. Okay. So we got, got uh, B-Pal. After years of defunding and making cuts to healthcare in Manitoba, Brian Pallister had the fucking stones to ask people to volunteer as healthcare workers during a pandemic for zero compensation. Bootstraps. It turns out the frontline workers he hadn't gotten around to firing yet were feeling pretty overwhelmed. Go figure. And so he literally and unapologetically asked Manitobans, you know, the people he was elected to protect and stuff, to volunteer during a deadly pandemic to fill the positions that he cut. That kind of leadership isn't something you see every day. And that's why he is and will always be the most amazing premier of all time, bar none. So B-Pal, what I did was I, this is the first one I did. uh, And I essentially just stole the music from one of my other songs that I'd written about Kevin Bacon way back in the day called K-Back. It's mainly spoken word. There's only a few real singing parts in it. But a lot of that, I just like sort of took from the letters I had written and fit into, into the song. And so it's like essentially like a six minute rant where I complain about how he canceled the breakfast program for inner city kids for no right. reason. Like, yeah. You know the things that were going to come by then. Uh, exactly. How about song, yeah. Songify, Brian Pallister? Here's what I'm a slave to. Businesses. Businesses. Here's what I'm a slave to. The Manitobans, they might be triggered. More people have died from COVID-19 in Manitoba in the past week than over the past seven and a half months. Premier, did you wait too long to put in new restrictions? I don't think so, Rosemary. There you go with the Monday morning quarterbacking. Rosemary, look, ro- 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 Rosemary, be fair. You haven't come up with a single idea in this interview that would have made this plan work better. Premier, I, I, premier, I am not an elected... Rosemary, Rose, Rosemary. This was my attempt to do one of those, like, Songify videos that I didn't do a very good job with, uh, but it was still super fun. I just found a bunch of clips and auto-tuned his voice. Yeah. Uh, and there are, there are a few parts that sound sort of okay, but overall it was just like a fun learning experience, you know, it was, yeah. For sure. Uh, ode to a chode. <laughs> ode a chode. To chode. That's oh, like a wide up. penis, wide short penis, right? Is that chode? Yes. yes. Or uh, some people also use chode to refer to the taint, like the perineum, the, the place between the balls and the ass. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so either one of those is fine. Yes. Um, so <laughs> my friend and I, this past winter, when it was really nice, but the ice was frozen on the river, we went out and we shoveled like an 80 foot cock and balls behind Brian Pallister's house on the river. Um, and so I had another friend of mine get a drone shot and just like a short little drone shot. And so the song essentially, it's, it's a joke that's been made a million times before and since has been made a lot about Jeff Bezos. Uh, but the song goes something like this, uh, there's a giant dick by the river. He lives inside that mansion by the penis on the ice. You know, yeah. it's like the direction. It's like, oh, you meant he's the dick. And so <laughs> seeing uh, Bezos go up into space, I saw all these headlines that were like, giant penis or giant dick goes into space in a rocket shaped like a penis. And I'm like, yeah, I stole that joke too. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That, yeah, was a, yeah. that was a great video to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, and of course you can see all these on uh, Jay William uh YouTube channel. Uh, so super fun story. Before we move on from that, oh yeah, I I got uh, I saw a comment online, not even sent to me, because like I don't think anyone knew that I and my friend had done this. Uh, I didn't like publicly uh, take credit or anything, which I'm going to in this next song though. I'm like I really want him to know I did it. Uh, but so. Uh, I saw this comment online and it was like, without naming any names, I have some inside information about Brian Pallister. Uh, When whoever did that giant penis on the ice, when he saw that, 
he was visibly so upset that he went and handed a shovel to some interns and said, go take care of it. And they said, no, we don't work for you. That's not our job here, you know? And so we went out a couple days after we had finished it and we could clearly see that someone had tried a little bit to like destroy it by just like widening the shaft a little bit. But it looks like they worked on it for maybe 20 minutes, whereas we had put in like 10 or 15 hours each, right? And so when you put in the work, and so we just fixed it or whatever, but it was so good. That was the first indication I ever had that something I had done really got to Brian Pallister. And it was like such great motivation to keep moving forward. Then you got Brian through your teeth. Do you remember that time last summer when you spent a quarter of a million dollars on an ad campaign to restart Manitoba? Said that COVID was no longer a thing. Spoiler alert. Then when it turned out you were wrong. So wrong. You refused to admit you were mistaken. So mistaken. Then you went on TV and cried like an angry baby. Then blamed it all on Rosemary Barton. This one started a friend of mine who gets, uh, he's a musician who gets grants from the government and so has asked me not to actually name him. And so I'll call him like Schmanuel. Um, (laughs) Schmanuel and I, uh, we had for weeks and weeks and weeks, we had been planning to write a song and we came up with sort of the theme and even like very rudimentary chords for it. But then we just sort of like let it die. And I just decided I, I recorded it and I, re- I recorded a, a version that I thought we were, we'd both be happy with or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, the idea, I conceptualized it with my friend and then sort of executed it by myself and then went to his place and got him in the video and stuff. And so that was like super fun. Uh, yeah, that was a lot. That was a ton of fun. That was, uh, that was the first real song that wasn't just spoken word that I lifted from my own letters that I'd wrote, written about Brian. And it was, uh, it was a great feeling and people seemed to like it. And so that oh, was for cool. sure. Yeah. Tons of likes. And then mm. your latest one, dear Brian, dear Brian, just 30,000 views. It's yeah. Like- that's crazy. And that, that one, uh, one of the reasons that it went over so well was that Rusty produced the music on that. So I had, I had sent him uh, and a, a good friend of mine did the drums um, I had sent Rusty just a shitty version of with all the parts there and stuff, but like yeah. a very badly recorded version. And he just like took it and ran with it and then sent it back. And I was blown away. Like I, I, it, I super understand why people like that one. It sounds amazing. <laughs> start off by saying that you're doing a great job despite what pretty much every single person here is saying and none of this will seem like it's your fault if you never admit you were wrong dear brian mentioned many times that your mother was a teacher does that mean you didn't give two shits about her either when she asked for a hug did you send her down to north dakota and do you think your mother would be proud of how you hung those teachers out to dry with a bold-faced north dakota lie Yeah, I bet she'd be dripping with pride To see you never admit you were wrong Never admit you were wrong Dear Brian Super, super quick from start to finish too. Like the the thing about writing songs about current events, (laughs) which I have discovered over and over, is that you have to be so quick. Because like, for example, this last one, Brian, please resign, is no longer... Uh, relevant and so I had to change it but 
Right. Uh, you have to be like, you have to get it out as soon as possible. And so for that one, for the video, after, after the music was done for the video, I drove around the city for three days to different people's houses. Uh, Cause we were in full lockdown. And so I had them all, I was social distance and everything. I had like a, like a zoom lens yeah. and I would set up on the street and they would go on their, on their front porch and just give the finger. Yeah. That was me. That's the beauty of the video too. Just everyone's in- inclusion and uh, you know, collective fuck you. Absolutely. You. Yeah. And so there's, I'm going to try and do for the, the video for the last one, I'm going to try and do something similar, but get even more people involved Yeah. because like what the, my favorite part of that song and video was the sense of community that it was able to foster somehow without at the end of the day, I felt like I had had this hangout with all of these awesome people and like some of my closest friends. And I realized like, I only saw one of them at a time, but it still felt like something that we all did together. Yeah. And it was like, it was the best feeling ever, especially for right then when we were like super locked down, you know? Yeah. And I imagine for them watching it too, it was like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, I got to hang out with people sort of today. You know, we yeah. really did something here today. Yeah. Yeah. And I that's think that's cool. to, to Brian's credit to Palace's credit. I think that's one of the positive things of his uh, tenure as premier is that he created a really amazing community of people that fucking hate him. Yeah. Like there are, <laughs> I, I met so many great people. Like I, I hooked up with these people early on uh in the in the pandemic when he was right after he did the restart manitoba and we made a bunch of banners that we hung around the city that said like reinfect the province or whatever i think i saw and one hanging off portage and uh, route yeah. 90 or something yeah that was us totally i put that one up that was me yeah and uh that was uh it, that was the beginning of this like really awesome community and i've met a ton of people that i'll be friends with forever through this where all we had in common was our hatred of our shitty premier and it was it was awesome yeah, it's good for something then. In Hell the- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, he didn't do it intentionally, but like, fuck, like, if I'm going to give him credit for anything, it'll be that, you know, so. For sure. Yeah. Let's do the money shot, the Manitoba money shot. Yeah. Of course, if uh, you don't know, if you're listening, it's uh, I'm going to ask 100 questions that uh, Jeremy's going to try to answer in five minutes, okay? And no these are not difficult questions. A lot of them are yes or no, fill in the blank, this or that. Um, we have to kind of work together here. I'm going to try not to fuck up my, my speech when I'm doing right that <laughs> and out as clearly as possible. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, 90% have to be correct to be officially, to make it officially a win. So in other words, okay. you can't just answer with gobbledygook or just repeating the same word it actually has to sell. Well, not if I want to win. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's, that's the deal. That's really it. Any questions? No, you're the one with the questions. I got about a hundred. <laughs> comedian. Gotta love it. Yeah, All right. Jay Williams. Yes. Your money shot. Yeah, Jay Williams. Your Manitoba money shot is eleven dollars and eleven cents. <laughs> Not bad for the Dark Lord. <laughs> Hell buy him. I mean say Where do you live? Winnipeg. Where do you sleep? My bed. Do you wear pajamas? Nope. Do you wear slippers? Sometimes. Name a brand of shoe. Uh, Adidas. Name a serial cartoon character. Morty. <laughs> Morty. Name a composer. Bach. Do you have a favorite dance move? Yes. How many weddings have you attended? Too many. Do you like Diet Cola? No. Name an animal in Manitoba. Uh, deer. Luke or Leia? Leia. Mustache or beard? Beard. Checkers or chess? Chess. Name a comedian. Uh, Doug Stanhope. Nice. Name a musical duo. Flight of the Concords. Have you seen Citizen Kane? No. Name a Chaplin movie. Uh, I can't. Name a type of tree. Elm. Uh, do you chew gum? Sometimes. Uh, have you shot an arrow? Yes. Favorite smell? Rain. Uh, do you own paint? That's a yeah. Weird question. Have you hitchhiked? I have not. What lives in water? Fish. Last board game played? Uh, uh it was a weird one with my niece and I forget the name. Okay, sure. <laughs> do you play tennis? Yes. Have you ever bought a tennis racket? Yes. 
Is it true that tennis rackets are $50 at Canadian Tire? I have no idea. I bought it used. <laughs> <laughs> Laverne or Shirley? Uh, both. Wrestling or boxing? Wrestling. Last gift you received? The gift of Brian Pallister resigning. Beauty. Name a Disney film. Uh, no. Name a beastie boy. Uh, I can't. What would you put in a sandwich? Another sandwich. <laughs> Name a Sonic Youth album. Uh, I want to say I can't. No. Okay. Nope. Can you make French toast? Oh, yeah. Favorite grade in school? A. Name a camp. <laughs> uh, camp, camp. I want to go home. Camp, I want to go home. What color are your eyes? Hazel. Are you currently wearing socks? Oh, yeah. Favorite TV show? God damn it. It was Rick and Morty, and now it's like nothing. I'm disillusioned. Nothing. Name a prime <laughs> minister. Uh, Chrétien. Uh, best live venue? Uh, right now, the Park Theater, let's say. Yeah. Sunday afternoon activity? Question mark? Waking up. Name a Madonna film. Uh, Dick Tracy. <laughs> Good. Name a member of Jackass. Steve-O. Last movie watched? Uh, fuck, it was so bad. Tomorrow War. <laughs> Name a movie you hate. Tomorrow War. There you go. Uh, have you ever received a speeding ticket? Yep. Can you speak a second language? Oui, monsieur. Mac or PC? Mac. Have you jumped off a cliff? Yep. Have you jumped out of an airplane? No. Name a Lord of the Rings character. Uh, Gimli, son of Gloin. Gimli. Name a Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, 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 the, the one where he's, uh, I can't. <laughs> they, uh, have you been to the drive-in in Morden, Manitoba? Uh, sure, I think so, yeah. Have you been to the drive-in in Shamrock, Manitoba? Uh, no. Name a song from the movie Grease. Nope. Have you seen Hamilton? I haven't. Best pizza in Winnipeg. It wasn't Aqua, but they changed owners, and so like, I don't know, Tony's maybe? Tony's, one minute. Best sushi in Winnipeg. Sushi, ah. Name a business at the Forks. Uh, I can't. <laughs> Name something square-shaped. Uh, circle. Favorite flavor <laughs> of gum, circle. Uh, uh, like turkey. <laughs> oh, where do you buy ice cream? At the ice cream store. Are you a gardener? No. First album purchased. Ooh, good question. Oh, Millie Vanilli. Best Beatles album. Uh, <laughs> I like Revolver. Is that one of their ones? I don't know. Yeah, I'm that's like, one. Right. Uh, have you bet on a horse? 15 seconds. Yeah, I have. Have you milked a cow? I tried to. Uh, butter, salted or unsalted? Salted. Name a cool car. Uh, Five seconds. Yes. Have you heard the new Fiona album? Fiona Apple album. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. Uh, I liked it. You didn't like it? Yeah, I didn't. I was expecting something different. Like, I didn't give it a chance, though. I just heard it once, and I was like, oh. oh man. That's a repeat You do it for me immediately, but, like, is it, is it good? It's worth it? I recommend it highly. Yeah, it yeah. is good. Like, uh, first, I was against all the hype, because everyone was saying it's yeah. the best album of the year, and that blah, was, blah, blah, That blah. was the problem for me. Like, when something gets its – when something's expectations are up here – I always come in under and I'm like, ah, I was expecting to be better. And then when I hear something's really brutal, I generally end up liking it more because I'm like, oh, I was expecting that to suck, but it's fine, yeah. you know? I'm, I'm the same way. I, I don't want, I even try to avoid stuff which is highly popular and just like- Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I don't want to see Titanic. I know what happens. No, I, uh, I did eventually. So I hadn't seen it for years. I did eventually see it. And the whole time I was like, Okay, I get it, James Cameron. Billy Zane's a dick. Like, you have to be so heavy-handed, you know? Like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, man, it uh, didn't work out, but, you know, you got about 75 in there. Respectable. That's for me. <laughs> Absolutely respectable. And, uh, man, I just want to thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate it. I'm a huge, huge fan of your work. Dude, like, uh, thank you. you. Oh, man. You asked me questions about stuff that, you like, proved that you, like, looked into stuff, and that was, like flattering and impressive like thank you you did your i love hey, the show man it's, it's like, all you, out there it's just great. not on myspace no exactly <laughs> just not on myspace but it's out there this was a ton of fun i had a blast and uh, yeah we look forward to seeing uh 
the new Brian Pallister video. Uh, oh, yeah. ASAP, man. Uh, if you'd like to be in it, I'll swing by your place. Or like, yeah, I, I definitely am. Park, but I'll hit you up for sure. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks again, cheers, man. man.